Today on Locked On Canadians, what if we could redraft the 2019 NHL draft? That's a fun segment we've got planned for you, as well as the rest of your mailbag questions, all on today's Locked On Canadians. Our Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 839 of Locked On Canadians. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. As you know, we are your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I apologize in advance for my voice. I am still getting over a cold. Thank you for bearing with me, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matlove, Half Size on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing today? And tell us about the fun thing we've got planned for our listeners. Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, draft Lottery, the day you were listening to this Monday, is at 8 p.m. because they decided to move it back from 7, despite only having one game on Monday night for the playoffs. But... Sun's out and shining and it's 70 degrees, which means hopefully the last gasps of winter are long gone at this point. And we got a question. I don't know if this was part of the mailbag last week that we didn't get to or it came later on in the week. They asked us if we could, assuming Jack Hughes still goes number one in a 2019 draft, which both Laura and I agree is the case, who would go number two with four years removed from that instead of Capo Caco. And I've been kind of thinking about this, reading things and trying to figure out my own biases, but I think it's a really, really fun question for us to get into here. And so this one was a listener's suggestion. Uh, I think it was Sojiro. I hope I pronounced that correctly on YouTube. And the question was random fun question. 2019 redraft. After Hughes, is there anyone to consider choosing second other than Cole Caulfield? For me, it's just Cider and Boldy. Um, would be an okay pick too, but wondering what you guys think. And before we get into the answer to that question, because we are going to take a look at who was in fact drafted before Cole Caulfield in that draft, we will be live during the draft lottery tonight. So when you're listening to this, it's Monday morning. We'll be live uh, around eight o'clock. You can join us. We'll post the link on our socials and it will be on YouTube. So please, please, please join us. We'll be, you know, chatting we'll be talking about who we want the canadians to pick we'll be reacting live to the picks as they happen and then after that we will be reacting and we will you know we'll have a chat so you guys can ask questions and we'll get the questions and answer them live we may or may not have a special guest or two depending on uh, who's doing what so make sure you do join us all right scott let's get into who was drafted between hughes and caulfield in the 2019 draft all right let me refresh the page here so uh, going from 2 to 15, Jack Hughes went first, Kirby, uh, Capo Caco went second, Kirby Doc went third, Boehm Byram went fourth, Alex Turcott went fifth, Moritz Seider went sixth, Dylan Cousin went seventh, Philip Broberg went eighth, Trevor Zegers went ninth, uh, Vasily Podkolzin went tenth, Victor Soderstrom went eleventh, Matthew Boldy went twelve, Spencer Knight went thirteen, infamously at number 14, the Flyers picked uh, Cam York and at number 15, Montreal picked Cole Caulfield. Then behind that went Newhook, Krebs, Harley, 
Lassie Thompson, Billy Heinola, Samuel Poulin, Tobias Bjornfoot, Seaman Holmstrom, Philip Tomasino, Connor McMichael, Jacob Peltier, Nolan Foot, Ryan Suzuki, Braden Tracy, John Beecher, and Ryan Johnson. That is the entire first round there. And at first glance, my thought is that the comment from Sojiro is kind of correct that Moritz Sider or Matthew Boldy going second overall is likely the option there. Uh, Caulfield is second in this class in terms of goals scored behind just Jack Hughes. So if you're going on pure goal scoring, I could understand that. But if we look at the assist side of things, I got to say my second overall spot, if it's not going to Moritz Sider, would probably go to Trevor Zegris, who has, I believe, yeah, the second most points in that draft class. 49 goals, 90 assists in 180 games on a real bad Anaheim Ducks team. And then Dylan Cousins is right behind that. But I I think if I'm not picking Cider, I'd probably be picking Zegris at that point based purely on what he's been able to do on a really bad, really poor Ducks team across the board. So we're going Hughes, then Cider, then Zegris, and then Cousins, then Caulfield? I Here's the thing. It's hard because Matthew Boldy's had a more well-rounded game and his points per game are a little bit better on a wild team. That's obviously been better than the Canadians. And Dylan Cousins really came into his own this year. I, If I'm going by this, I'm going Hughes. I'm going Cider. I'm going Zegris. I might put Caulfield up there just because I'm a little bit biased in that regard. But he's also potentially the best pure goal scorer in that class. And that's hard to ignore. And then cousins, you could put doc up there and I don't think that'd be an issue either. And then there's a lot of guys that, and I know Ottawa fans are going to love this. There's Shane Pinto who was picked at the beginning of round two. And funny enough, guess who one of the top scoring uh, play. Well, let's see here. Terms of goals here. <laughs> <laughs> Would guess who has more NHL goals than Moritz Sider? And they play for the they were picked in 2019. They play for the Canadians and picked in 2019. Who that is one Raphael Harvey Pinard. He has no way he has 15 NHL goals to Moritz Sider's 12. I wasn't thinking all the way at the end. I was like, who did they pick after Caulfield? (laughs) Who was their second pick after Caulfield? Uh, Matthias Norlander, and that's the thing. I know is I'm looking, that's why I was like, I'm what? looking at this, and I'm like, I see Harvey Pinard pop up, and I go, No, that can't be right. He only played, oh, yeah, that's right. He scored like a million goals this year. It is very funny that he is so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. He is 15th in, the, in his draft class in scoring. He was picked 201st overall, which is a oh, further RHP. proof. Which is just further proof NHL draft and development is a complete crapshoot and that good development can pay off in the long run. But to answer the question just for number two, I'm picking Moritz Sider there. You can't pick, you can't just find 25 minute defensemen growing on trees. Detroit stuck their neck out for it and it works. Uh, and if not that, Trevor's egress. There's too much skill and talent there to ignore. I know he has a very weird hater fan base on Twitter, which, hello. Uh, I don't understand it because I'm not ingrained in that part of Twitter, but skill and talents there, it's hard to ignore. 
I, you know what, I kind of have to agree with you. Um, it's going to be really funny to see how this shakes out, you know, five years from now. But thank you so much for this suggestion. Uh, and as you know, you guys can suggest topics like this all the time. We will talk about them. And part of the suggested topics, obviously, are your mailbag questions, which are coming up next. We had a spillover on Friday with too many questions. So we're going to do the rest of them in just one moment here on Lockdown Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Indeed. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills. Indeed's powerful hiring platform can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that help you find matched candidates. And with Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description, which is really important, the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data in the U.S. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer good for a limited time only. You can claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So as you know, we do mailbags on Fridays and we answer all your questions. And this time we had a little bit of difficulty fitting all the questions into one episode because you guys sent so many great questions. So we're going to do part two of the questions. And one of them is extremely timely. And it is from Jamie in Scotland. Uh, morning, Lauren Scott. Well, it is morning here on Sunday when we're recording this. We're <laughs> recording this before, you know, the Florida Toronto game. So we obviously don't have a reaction to that. But speaking of reactions, we will have a live draw lottery reaction. So join us tomorrow live during the draft lottery uh, on YouTube. All right, here's Jamie's question. Could you guys please explain the Canadians lottery odds to me? How can the lottery odds, as per Tankathon, go from 8.5% for first overall, 8.6% for second overall, to then 0.3%? Also, how can their chance of picking 5th at 24.5 be less likely than picking 6th at 44% when they finished 5th? Love the show. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for your question. And here's the thing. I was told there would be no math. So we went to uh, Jay Foster of Locked On Blue Jackets, who is one of the most delightful people on the earth, on the surface of this earth, uh, who also explained this. So I'm going to read this verbatim. Thank you to Jay Foster. And literally, this is what he said. Part one. The Habs have a 24.5% chance of staying where they are in the lottery. So you have to remember that wherever you finish determines like the number of weighted balls or whatever you have in that lottery thing, right? So the, the higher you finish, sorry, the lower you finish in the standings, the higher, the more weight you have in, in, in the lottery thing, whatever it's called. This is, this is a very scientific explanation that is not as smart as what Jay said. Uh, but here's what Jay said. So the Habs have a 24.5% chance of staying where they are. They have an 8.5% chance of just winning outright. So there's an 8.5% chance that they will um, that they will literally get that first overall pick. They have an 8.6% chance of someone else winning the first overall pick and then the Habs winning the second pick. There isn't a lottery for the third overall pick. 
So the only scenario in which the halves would pick third overall is if, and this is where it gets complicated, Ottawa wins the first lottery. Because Ottawa can only move down 10 places in the standings, so they would move down to second overall. If the Habs then win the second lottery, that pick is already locked in, so they would pick third overall no matter what. In this scenario, the 1-2-3 would go Anaheim by default because Ottawa can't, then Ottawa with second overall, and then the Habs with third overall even though they won the second lottery. The chances of Ottawa winning the first lottery and the Habs winning the second lottery is basically impossible, hence the 0.8%. So obviously, you go, you, you go into the lottery for first and second, and then after that, there's no lottery for that. So this is like essentially what happens. Part two, the Habs have a higher chance of getting leapfrogged by a team above them in the standings. So one of Arizona, Philadelphia, Washington, Detroit, St. Louis, Vancouver, Ottawa, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, or Nashville, than they do of just staying where they are. It's just statistics. There's more teams behind them. Like in the first part, a team can only jump down 10 spots. So even if a team outside of the top 10 wins the lottery, for example, Ottawa from the first example, they would move down to second, Columbus would be bumped to third, Chicago would be bumped to fourth, and so on. This would happen only if Ottawa, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, or Nashville wins the lottery. Even though they can't have first overall, Nashville would end up picking fifth and the Habs would have to win the second lottery to avoid getting pushed back. Basically, the some chance of one of the 10 teams behind them winning, so Arizona through Vancouver picking first overall, Ottawa picking second, Buffalo picking third, Pittsburgh picking fourth, or Nashville picking fifth, adds up to 44.6%. So essentially, <laughs> um, it has to do with the number of teams that exist. In the draft lottery. And it has to do with the number of teams that are worse than the Canadians or have worse odds than the Canadians that may jump. What's up? Why is this so stupid? Why isn't it just you are the bad team? You have the best odds. It's you are the second tanking. bad team. What? Did you? Have, we want to discourage tanking. Have you seen what Arizona has done besides being a money laundering front? Chicago sold off anything with a pulse. Maybe. It depends on what you think about Patrick Kane having a pulse this season or not. The Habs were actually bad because everyone on their team was injured. And they ended up in the draft lottery. Last year, they probably tanked a lot of it. But, like, you didn't discourage tanking. You just encouraged teams to get more creative in their tanking. I know that this isn't... Buffalo selling out for Connor McDavid levels of bad and blatant, but still it doesn't really discourage tanking at all. It's why is this league so, so needlessly complicated in that I'm going to have to read this email from Jay several times to understand it because I still, I have the idea of it and it still is just melting my brain and I cover hockey for a living for God's sakes. Like, only the, say, only, only the NHL. Only the NHL. Only the NHL would do this, but I have to say I really appreciate Jay's explanation because it really illuminated it for me. Because I got like really, really yelled at by some boomer earlier for saying the Canadians might pick fifth. Um, and honestly, like I had just misunderstood the, the way the math works. I'm not an idiot. I do do my research, and I just really just statistics was never my strong suit, right? Like I was a geometry girl, so really. 
this was so illuminating for me. Thank you so much, Jay. We have one more mailbag question before we go to the break, and it's a quick one. So our friend John L. on, on YouTube asks, um, mailbag question, could you make a video of all the series where the Habs beat the Bruins? Unfortunately, we do not have the rights to any of those, those, those um, broadcasts. But what we can do is in the offseason, we can do a historical review of all of the series that the Habs beat the Bruins. We'll just go through them one by one and say a little bit about them, even for the ones that happened way before any of us existed, were born, blah, blah, blah. But definitely this is something that we will do in the offseason for you, John L. We will recap, recap um, all of the series where the Canadians beat the Bruins just for you. And so... Coming up next, more mailbag questions from all of you. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that we love Built Bar. It is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is a delicious snack without all the sugar and calories. And it is one of the most delicious treats you could ever have. It is the best tasting protein bar. It is honestly always so high in protein, so low in sugar, low in calories, made with real chocolate. That's amazing. And they come in amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. And they all, honestly, there's like 130 calories in each bar. There's four grams of sugar and always 17 or more grams of protein. And you can find Built Bar at Walmart or Sam's Club in the U.S. Or you can find it at Built.com uh, anywhere else. And honestly, you can get all of the, the, the custom flavors, the special flavors, all at Built.com. And if you want to save, you can use our promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, Scott, are you ready for more mailbag questions? Absolutely, I am. All right. This question comes to us from, I like this this name, Lord of Gifts. Question. Depending on how the draft lottery falls and the turmoil with the Calgary Flames, can you see Montreal making a deal for Huberdeau rather than Pierre-Luc Dubois? Wing seems to be an area, area of greater need for Montreal, as Montreal already has Suzuki uh, and Doc and Beck soon, and possibly another one in the draft, one of Smith, Carlson, Fantilli, or Bedard. I, so here's the thing is, I don't dislike Jonathan Huberto, but he got a contract based off a career year in Florida as part of the Calgary Flames now, and my immediate thought with that is just dangerous, dangerous game to play there in that it's it's a lot of money. The cap is not rising like we thought, and there's still other players to re-sign that adding an even more expense. Dubois is going to cost a good chunk of money at this point, even with buyouts, even with people getting traded. He's going to cost money. Caulfield is going to cost money. Harvey Pinard is going to cost money here. Adding Huberto's $10.5 million to the heat death of the universe is probably not what I would do. I think he's an extremely talented player. And in about three years, we're going to be doing the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois song and dance again with him anyways. But I, I, I go for Dubois at this point. He's younger. He's going to cost less. And we know he wants to be here. Allegedly. I don't know what Huberto's stance is. Cause I know there was that report about after Sutter got fired, that a bunch of players rescinded their trade requests. So I'm going to wait and see what Huberto's next season is before I even 
decide to cross that bridge into there. Um, we've got a question from Modern Warfare 3 on YouTube. Tular or Scott, what is the scoop with Carey Price? Is he 100% done or is he taking time off? So there's nothing official on that, but all signs point to him being 100% done, including the fact that his family is moving back to Kelowna for good. Yeah, that's my thing is that, and I understand this is her her right as his partner, his wife and everything. Angela Price kind of just blew the whole doors off of Carey Price is done playing hockey. by being like, we're leaving Montreal. And it's like, you know, I understand Carey's kind of a private person, but I think there's something to be said about letting him have his moment to be like, hey, the ride's over, you know, Cowboys, pew, pew. And letting him kind of go out in his own way there. It, it's it's no longer feeling like, will he come back? Will he not come back? Will he come back? Won't he come back? It's when okay, will so they when are you it? leaving? Yeah, it's when will it they feels announce very, it? Yeah, it feels very deflating, uh, to be honest. And it's, it is kind of sad because that's how it, it goes out with, Carey Price having a crippling knee injury uh, and that's the end of it. But I'd be stunned if Carey Price ever plays another NHL game again. I would love it, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's very sad. All right, real quick. Uh, our friend Jeff the Red. Did we do this question? Write down which prospects you think have the best chance of a regular role in the NHL in the coming season. I do not think we did. No, we didn't. Because we, we had so, a couple uh, questions from Jeff. I think we answered the other one. So which prospects do you think have the best chance of a regular role in the NHL in the coming season? Uh, I know Patrick Bexell is going to roll his eyes when I say this, but I think Emil Heinemann has a chance. I'm no longer considering Jesse Alonen and Rafael Harvey-Pinard as prospects because I think they are NHL-ready players and are NHL players at this point. Uh, Joshua Watt could make an impact there as well. I think Heineman having played the pro game across the pond and then having a very strong end of season with the Laval Rocket means he's probably going to be in contention for one of those roster spots very quickly. And even though he is, uh, you know, professional ready, played over across in Europe there, he's still a prospect because he hasn't played those NHL games yet. But I think there is a good possibility we see that this year. I don't think we'll see Beck. I think Beck has another year of junior hockey ahead of him. I think Kidney's going to be an AHL guy, but I think both Joshua Waugh and Emil Heineman could get a decent cup of coffee with the Canadians this upcoming season. Uh, we've got a question from ZK97. Who's the pick for Montreal if they get seventh overall? Assuming the top six is Bedard, Fantilli, Mitchkov, Carlson, Smith, and Benson. So... Montreal could get seventh overall if somebody else wins the first lottery and the second lottery and moves up, right? Yeah. So let me bring up the elite prospects rankings here because they're the ones that I tend to go off of the most. If I'm looking at elite prospects here and it's Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Mitchkov are all gone. If they're at seven... I look at an Oliver Moore. I look at a Zach Benson. Zach Benson's also that far. We, oh, oh, it's Oliver then, Moore. <laughs> uh, I think Oliver Moore is the one that I would potentially go for there. Ryan Leonard's got some attention there too. I'd also consider trading down a couple spots and getting Reinbacher and collecting more draft capital on top of that. You still, you can kind of bolster there, but I think I'd take Oliver Moore at seventh overall if he's in that spot. So um, about Reinbacher, one of our listeners was saying was like really, really distraught at even the possibility. 
I just want to say, don't be distraught. It's not that deep. I know Reinbacher isn't the first choice for a lot of people, but you know, for me, Connor Bedard would be the first choice. We don't all get every what we want, uh, but it's going to be okay. I promise, no matter what. Um, and then finally, our question from Jolie uh, Jolie Droid, Goalie Droid. Um, <laughs> do you, <laughs> um, do you ever listen to the player made playlists from the Habs? And if so, have you liked any of them? I didn't know this was a thing, but also I know that like a lot of player playlists, I'm like, I am not in this realm of music, uh, in that regard. And I know I have my own completely weird, different, uh, taste in music as well. I'll have to look this up and see what's on there, but I haven't mostly because I've been trying to ignore the Habs account because it's just like, here is a thing that is not a Cole Caulfield extension. (laughs) So, right. I honestly, I have listened to some of them and all they've done is make me feel old. Um, So I'm just going to go be an emotionally unavailable millennial and continue to listen to the national (laughs) and the war on drugs and and that kind of stuff. Uh, We do have an additional mailback question that came in a bit late from Habachadabra. Here's a mailback question for you guys. Who is the prospect the Habs fans should not get too attached to right now, i.e. likely to be part of a trade this summer? And Habachadabra's guess is uh, Sean Farrell. I don't think it's going to be Sean Farrell, uh, to be honest, just because I think there is uh, a lot there. They went out of their way to like mention him repeatedly. Um, I've said this before, a name like Riley Kidney, I think is someone who I don't think Habs fans should get overly attached to, but I've been very wrong on that before. I also think someone like a Luke Tuck uh, may very well be in there as just a piece moving out. Um, obviously goalies are set, but I do think that like Luke Tuck, he's got that big body. He plays with that kind of pace that some teams want. They look at what his brother Alex Tuck is doing. And I think if he has a strong showing at uh, the world championships, they might get some calls ahead of the draft on him. But I think Luke Tuck is definitely the name that I wouldn't get too attached to in any way, shape or form this off season. All right, there you have it. That is our makeup mailbag and a really cool question. Thank you again. If you guys have any other topic ideas, please, please, please tell us because that was a really fun one to do. Um, And don't forget that we will be going live. We'll post the link. uh, It'll be on YouTube as well as we'll post the link on Twitter. Um, We'll be going live around the time of the start of the draft lottery, maybe a little bit after eight. Just watch for it. Um, And we will have reaction as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find us on social media, we're on YouTube. As you know, we are available wherever you get your podcasts. And we are on uh, Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find Scott on there at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening. Do not forget to join us for the Draft Lottery.